0: Hello again, and welcome to Nonprofit Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and I am your host today. Should I call myself a hostess or a host? I think it's up to you. Host, hostess. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a host. Hostess
1: with the mostest.
0: I'm the hostess with the mostest. And that lady that you hear talking, who, who are you? Introduce yourself. I am Stacey Brockmeyer. She is a wearer of many hats at Make Create Design, and she is joining me on our fourth segment of the website planning series. So, we are on part four, and today we are going to talk about the do's and don'ts of your website events section. If you're interested in home pages, that's part three. If you're interested in your website checklist, that is part two. And if you want to have questions to ask yourself when you're a designer before you build your new website, that's going to be part one. So ha! Ah, we made the decision this year that we were going to talk more about websites on the podcast because I've been getting so many website questions in my consulting sessions. And Stacy and I are a little slap happy right now. Yes. And we're going to talk about your event section, which requires actually some conversation about programming
1: yep we're going to start getting into the nitty-gritty of each one of the sections on your website from here on out in this series so if you are
0: revamping your event section or you don't like the way that it works right now or you're revamping your whole entire website this episode is just for you let's get to business This podcast is all about digging in and going digital. I'll share my marketing know-how and business experience from almost 20 years of misadventures. I'll be your backup dancer so you can stop doubting and get moving towards marketing with purpose. So before we dig into all of this amazing events section information, I have a favor to ask of you. A favor that is so nice, I'm going to ask you twice, once right now and once at the end, Please, if you like this podcast, go on out and review us wherever you're listening. You can review us on Spotify or Amazon or even on iTunes. When you review Nonprofit Marketing with Purpose, you are giving us a huge gift. You are sharing this message with other nonprofits just like yourself. And we have a goal of helping 1,000 nonprofits this year have less stressful, more successful marketing. And you can help me reach that goal. By giving this podcast a review. Thank you in advance. Thank you so much for sticking with me through that really weird introduction. (laughs) I hope I did not scare you away from this episode when I told you that we were going to talk about programming because programming is not scary. It's actually really awesome and it makes your life way easier. And some event sections can be very simple on a website and others are going to be much more complex. We actually plan an event section with like the shopping cart mentality. Some are simpler, as I just said, and some are more complex. And so it just depends on how many products you have and what you need to share.
1: Some of those event sections can be as simple as embedding a Google calendar and others can feel a lot more like a shopping cart. So it all depends on what
0: types of events you have to promote your nonprofit. We are going to group our events into three different types today, and then we'll talk you through how we handle those, on a website and what questions you might need to ask yourself to make sure that you are getting everything you need out of your event section. So the first type of events are long-standing annual events. These are like your galas or galas, potato, potato, um, fundraisers, golf tournaments, those things that happen every single year. And even if this is the first year that they're happening, if you plan on doing them every single year, then we treat them a little differently than we treat our other types of events on the website. And then you have recurring events, which are things like your meetings, it could be committee meetings, it could be different discussions that you have, it could be book talks, lunch and learns, whatever those things are. And then last but not least, we have one off events. Those could be like smaller fundraisers, or events with partner organizations, just things that you don't do as often on repeat, and that aren't big staple events for you every single year. Now, regardless of what types of events you have, you're still going to have a main events page on your website. Like you're probably going to have a button up at the top of the navigation that says events. Stacy, tell us what happens when I click on the button that says events on the main navigation.
1: <laughs> when you click on events, you should go to a page that has every single one of your events that you're publicizing on it, whether it is Any of these three types, so whether it's a long-standing annual event, a recurring event, or a one-off event, every single event should be listed on this page because you don't want people to have to hunt for it. So we go back to that same concept of getting people where they need to go quickly in your website.
0: So there are uh, so many different formats for this page right and I'm sure that some of us are thinking oh events well that's in a calendar or some people like to put it in a list and we have some kind of rules that we follow whenever we're formatting this page Stacey tell us about the rules
1: well the last thing you want is to go to that page and see a calendar that looks empty So if you don't have more than four or six events a month, you certainly don't want to put it in a calendar format because it's going to look like you aren't very active when in fact you have really nice events that are coming up. They just might be next month. And so if you have fewer events, I would highly, highly recommend putting it in the list or a grid Or whatever to make it look less like a calendar. So basically what that means is you're going to have an individual event, then the next individual event, then the next individual event, all in date order with the next upcoming event first.
0: Yeah. So you're going to have the one that's closest to right now listed first. And then as you go further into the future, they list themselves out. And... Really, the difference between the grid and the calendar is the calendar has a spot for every day of the month. And the grid is just putting the event listings in a grid. Really, that, that's all it is.
1: Yep. It's just putting those events one after another without having the blank space. So what types of information do we put
0: on the calendar or the grid? It doesn't even matter which one it is. What types of information do we list on this page, the main events page? I clicked on the button on the navigation, and I'm on the main events page. What I share about each event?
1: The very first thing we're going to share is a really clear title. Make sure that your title is descriptive of what your event is. Not what you call it that the general public isn't sure what it is. So if you call it something internally and they don't understand it, make sure that you add maybe a tagline or add something to that. So if it is a series of talks or whatever, you might want to put your series and then have webinar or webinar series, something along those lines, along with it so that they know exactly what it is.
0: Well, it's like, let's say that you have a gala and you call it rainbows and roses. Well, if you just put rainbows and roses up there, it doesn't necessarily mean that I know that it's a gala. And if I'm not associated with your event, I wouldn't know that. So I do think it's important that you have some type of delineating piece of information that lets me know what type of event I'm looking at.
1: And it might be literally as simple as putting the word gala at the end of it. Yeah. So it's not going to affect your title or your of your event or the marketing for the event. It's just adding a simple like indicator for your audience. And then the next couple pieces of content that I would highly recommend are the date, the time, and the location. All of course, if applicable. So your date may be a specific date. It might be a date range if you have something going on over multiple days. The time, including a.m. p.m. and your time zone. Yeah, because it's online and people can go to it from wherever. I'm terrible at time zones. I, I literally have to really sit down and think about them. So if you have people that are in multiple time zones, super important. If you only serve a, an audience that is within your same time zone, don't worry about it. So again, we're just going back to thinking about that audience. And then location is going to be either a physical address or online, or a link to wherever you're wanting them to show up at, that kind of thing. If it's free, then
0: it would... Like, if it doesn't require registration, then you could give them the link to attend virtually. But other than that, you would just give them a link to go to the next page to learn more information.
1: Yep. So that's the next piece is we definitely want to have this concise information link over to an individual events page. So sometimes... You have lots of
0: events. And if and if your organization has lots of events, then on this main events page, you may have some additional functionality that reminds you of a shopping cart. You might allow people to sort and filter their information. They might be able to search even. So they could filter stuff by category. I guess you would be sorting by category <laughs> and sorting by date most of the time. And so I know this is going to sound silly, but I feel like I need to kind of define the difference between sort and filter because filter means you can pack like pick multiple things on top of one another. And sorting means show all of this one thing. So, and that's different. Like the way that you program that is different. It's not always as easy to filter as it is to sort. Most of the time, if you sort, you just reload the page and it calls all the new criteria and it displays stuff. So once again, sorting is showing, like I want to see everything in April or I want to show everything that's committee meetings. But filtering would be, I want to see committee meetings in April, which is not as easy to do as sorting. So these are just conversations that you might have with your programmer if this is the type of functionality you need because you've got a lot of stuff going on. Okay, so that's our main events page. I have my arms. They're like really big right now I'm making this big circle around my body and I'm like it is my main events page and it's a big circle (laughs) okay so now my hands are going to get small because we're going to talk about what to share on each of those individual events pages because remember we're going to have a link from your event listing on the main events page over to the individual events page so Stacy what do you suggest people put on their individual events page
1: So the purpose of the individual events page is to give them all the information they need about your event. So this is your place to chalk it full of all the things that they need to know in an organized fashion, not just slapping it on a page, but we want to make sure it's organized. So typically at the top, you're going to have that same stuff from the main events page. So you're going to have your title, your date time location. Those things are going to be right at the top of your page. You may even add a map to this page or a link to the online event if it's free. If it's not free, you're going to tie it into another platform probably to send that link and we're going to talk about that shortly. Then you're going to include things like the description, what it is, the agenda. We might even link to a flyer or another site for more information other things that I think are super, super important are who to contact. We always want to recognize our event sponsors, testimonials, maybe even the PowerPoint slides or things that we're going to need for the event if it's, a, if it's going to be a class or webinar. So those are all going to be things that they're going to include on this page. And then probably one of the most important pieces for this page is the sign up. So if this is an event that you want people to sign up for, we really need to think about that. And we will dig into that more in just a little bit. Now, one thing that I
0: think all of these individual events pages need to do is automatically expire. What I mean is we actually use a plugin. I think it might be called... Expirator.
1: No, we don't anymore. We don't use a plug-in. We built it into our own fancy fancy things.
0: Well, never mind. We don't use a plugin anymore. We have it built into our theme, but you can use a plugin for it if you don't have our fancy theme. And what happens is you put a date in and your Information for the event displays until that date hits, and then the website automatically removes it from public view. You can still see it in the administrative portal of your website. You just can't see it in the public side, which is really important.
1: It's super nice from an administrative perspective, because how many times do you get done with an event and you're like, it's done. And then you realize you have 14 more steps left you don't take it off your website and then a month later you're like oh it's still there it's still up on the site now I'm not opposed to leaving it up for a few days like I always yeah. think that's a really good thing like oh this just happened
0: yeah leave I it up for a few you. days
1: but um, definitely don't want to leave it up for a long long time and when you are
0: formatting these pages just like with your homepage, you're going to think inverted pyramid Meets table of contents using all those subheadings to divide all this information out so it's easy to skim, put the most important information up at the top, and then also each one of these not each one of these but a lot of these pieces of information that we talked about here need to be kind of treated separately. So, think about each area like a PowerPoint slide and allow people to consume that information and read it individually. That, that those would be my pieces of advice for looking at these pages. It's like your sales page. It's the thing that's gonna convince people to sign up for the event. And then let's say that you have long-standing annual events, right? So that's like if you have a gala, a golf tournament, all those things, those big major fundraisers that you do, we treat these a little bit differently because you do them every single year and they start to build up a brand of their own. And people want to know. Like, like we literally plan our schedules around some of these nonprofit events in our community. We're like, oh, well, when is the St. Patrick's Day 5K this year? Or when is the gala for so-and-so? We want to know because we want to make sure it's before we go on spring break or that we get it on our calendar or that we get a babysitter a month in advance, right? So it's good to have these ones out there and have that information and save the date on there. So they're going to have all the stuff that we just talked about. They're, they're going to have everything that we just talked about, but then we're gonna have some additional information on them. So they would share the date and the time of of this year's event, obviously, up until the point that the event happens. At which point then, you might leave it up with this year's date and time for a little while like we did with the previous events, but then you're gonna have save the date for next year. Now, these we put into your website as pages the things that we just talked about are usually put into your website more in a much more modular format in wordpress they're called posts it's a lot like a blog hopefully i'm not like losing people here but that's a much more modular format these long standing events we want them in as pages these are these are staples for your organization they're very very important we want them in the same place all the time And now I'm going to tell you a story about why we want to put them in as pages. Okay, my friends? If you put your longstanding annual events in as posts and they don't expire and they don't leave the site, and we want them to be there all year long, don't we? We want to continue to celebrate this and thank our sponsors.
1: You want people to be able to find them and know that they're happening.
0: Yes. And find stuff from last year to still like kind of revel in the fun, right? Did you get caught by the paparazzi? Oh, that's so fun. I love the paparazzi photos. And you will totally put those on this page. But anyway, back to my story. (laughs) So we go to an event every year as a family. It's called the Symphony of Toys. And our local symphony society puts it on. And so my daughter's were young at this point in time, they thought it was so amazing because they got to get all dressed up and they get to go to the theater and they get to hear the symphony and they get to give away a toy to get in and they love it. All right. So this organization did not have expiring events on their website and they did not set their events up as pages. When I Googled for that event, the first event that showed up on the page was the symphony of toys from two years ago. I didn't know it was from two years ago. No, I didn't. And I don't know how many other people have ever done this, but I got my little girls all dressed up and all ready to go to the concert and totally pumped up. And you know what, there wasn't a show that day. There wasn't a show that day. And that is what happens, my friends. And if they had had this set up as a page, the first thing that would have showed up on Google is that page. And I would have found the right information. And I hope from that story and my crying children, you set your website up the right way. Because it was terrible. And
1: then we went for hamburgers and ice cream. Okay. in your dresses. in my dresses. Okay, (laughs) Stacey, tell us what else goes on this page. (laughs) So from that, you want to make sure that you have one page with those annual events so that you don't have people finding old dates. That's the big thing. We don't want to have old dates showing up in Google. Other things you might have are dress code. A lot of times I like to show these from pictures of past events, just because you may not want to say, you may not want to have a stuffy page and say, you have to have this kind of attire. Yeah. But if you show past events, people will typically mimic what they see on there. You might show your case, your planning committee, you might showcase sponsorship information, It may your sponsorship information may expand and contract who to contact for to become a sponsor is always really important. And then, like we said, after this event is over, you're going to leave up what's there for now for just a little bit. And then as soon as you have next year's date set, you're going to transition it over into a save the date and a recap of this past year's event And as you add more information or no more information for next year's event, you're going to keep transitioning this page into that.
0: I have a tech tip for that, too, because I'm the person that has to switch all this information out on our website. And I recently found this plugin that's really cool, and it allows me to schedule blocks of content to show or not show on the website. and I was having to do it all manually and I had to like schedule it and (laughs) I had to schedule it on my calendar and then remember to go out and do it. And sometimes I would forget. So anyway, it's called Scheduled Blocks and it's really convenient. Now I have a WordPress site. So if you don't have a WordPress site, then this does not apply to you. But if you have a WordPress site, install the plugin, it's free. Scheduled Blocks, it's really cool.
1: It makes life so much easier when you can schedule it ahead of time and you can test and make sure that everything works and you're not scrambling. And then we have recurring events, right? So these are your webinar lunch and
0: learn series. Like if you have a course, some of our nonprofits locally have a course that has like a whole bunch of different classes that go with it. And so they would have a recurring events kind of, I don't, you wouldn't title it a recurring events page, but they would group these things together and put the title of the course on it and then show people the information for each individual one.
1: Yeah, so I would have it, you know, let's use the lunch and learn example. If you have a lunch and learn every month, you might have a, a page titled Lunch and Learns that explains your lunch and learns. Maybe it has some intro introductory content and then it would pull those posts that we have same post on our events page, modular content. Same posts go to our homepage. They also come here. It's just kind of so pre sorted so that people can only see what is happening for that lunch and learn series, if you will. So, we don't want to have multiple places where we have to update the same content. We want to pull those th- same pieces into different spots. I'm going to repeat that again. Don't have multiple places in your site where you have to update the same content. It should be built in a way that is modular and you can have that same content show up in multiple spots. So because you add in an event on the events page, it is you're going to check a box it's going to show up on the home page because you checked one box it's going to show up on the lunch recurring events page yeah. lunch and learn series if you check a different box if you needed to update the sign up link you're going to update it in one spot otherwise you're going to end up with a management nightmare
0: and this is what we were talking about in the second podcast In this series, we talked about how we need to think about the things that we're going to update often and then make sure that we're using a streamlined approach to update those items and streamlining it uses programming. That's what it does. And there are different plugins that can help you do this for your website if you're working on it on your own, but... Ultimately, if you're working with a developer, they should be able to help you get this done as well. So if they tell you that you have to enter the information in multiple times, then this is your opportunity to just shake your head and be like, that doesn't make sense. Why would I enter it in multiple times? Isn't there a different way that we can do it? Yeah. Okay, so we promised you earlier that we were going to talk about how to handle event signups on your website. And there are multiple different ways that you can handle it. We're not going to go too far down this rabbit hole. I feel like we've talked so much about programming already just in sharing the information about your events that this additional piece might like send everybody over to snoozeville. But we do want to mention the different ways that you can allow people to sign up
1: on your website. So Stacey let it go so there's kind of really three I can I categorize them into three different kinds you can have a form on your website it's just an email form looks a lot like a contact form it can have payment associated with it or not all depends on the event what you what you need you can have an event plug-in you can have them go to another site. So maybe you have them sign up on Eventbrite, or you have them sign up on Zoom, or you have them sign up on whatever webinar platform you're using. So those are kind of the three different styles of event signups that I consider. So is it a form on your website, you can add a plugin to your website, or you can have them go to a different website.
0: And a lot of the times your plugin on your website will format your events pages for you as well. Mm-hmm. It can be handy and, and give you like a n- nice user interface, but then it can also feel inflexible because you might want to do something else with the way a page looks or how it works and you might not have as much flexibility with a pre-made plugin. I know that we do all of ours using a form and it allows me to do a lot of things with it, but what it doesn't do for me and I have to do with another system is send reminder emails and that can take a lot of time and and sometimes you're not even sure if it's going to work and if you have multiple sessions of something, it gets very cumbersome. So when you use another site to do that, whether it's Zoom or um, Eventbrite, usually they send those reminder emails for you as part of that system and that can be really, really convenient.
1: It takes a long time to set up the reminders and things like that. And then making sure you have the right audience and everything selected is super important. So it can be confusing when it's housed
0: in a bunch of different places. So I guess what we're saying is do what's right for you. Right. And there are some questions that you can ask yourself to understand what's right for you. What do you usually ask people when you're helping them plan?
1: So ask yourself, what does the viewer need to do? Do they need to be able to sign up for multiple events at once? Do they need to be able to pay? Do they need to be able to, do we need to be able to cap the number of, of signups? So there's lots of things that you can ask yourself about the viewer side of it or the si- the person who's signing up and then on your side how do you need to use the information after the person signs up so does this need to integrate with another platform does it need to send information to your crm do you need to use it to send those reminders do you need to send confirmations do you need it in a spreadsheet so that you can check people in You know, there's lots of ways that you may be using this information afterwards. And we need it's definitely something you want to think about up front rather than just having all these signups. And then all of a sudden you have to have somebody type them all into another system that sounds miserable.
0: Yeah, I would definitely suggest just like all the rest of your marketing, you're going to start by looking in the pantry. Like, what do you already have? And so if you already have a robust CRM or donor management software, definitely look at it and see if it allows you to do event signups and figure out if that thing will do the things that you want, because it will probably be the most integrated solution. We've had clients that are like, well, we don't like the way it looks exactly, or this one thing isn't quite right. And so we want to rebuild it all on the website. And it's not that we don't want to do it for them. It's that once we think through it from that business perspective, like what's the opportunity cost of doing this? Sometimes we just go over and we just link them back over to their donor management system and have them sign up right there because that is the most streamlined way to do it. And if it's the most streamlined way for you and it saves you time, you don't always have to have the fanciest thing. We all start where we are and we need to use the resources that we have to save us money so that way we can move forward and grow our organizations without you know, exhausting our, all of our resources on things that might not need to be exhausted on. Absolutely. So I do have a few other podcasts that I've done over this topic in case you want to talk a little bit more about handling signups. I have a podcast called How to Choose the Right Online Fundraising Event Platform. And this, I am talking you through the method. I use my own little like slice of madness on how I do consulting to pick the right like software to do something for a client. And I explained how to document it and everything. I got really excited in this episode. And then also there's a big parallel that can be drawn in the podcast Ways to Collect Donations Online. There are the same the same types of ways to allow event signups online as there are to collect donations online. So if you're looking for more ideas or looking to gather money for your events, you might also look into ways to collect donations online. And those are both on the Nonprofit Marketing with Purpose podcast. Boom. All right. So let's recap and then sign off, friends. Okay. So do's and don'ts of an event section. Remember, we're gonna plan the event section with the shopping cart mentality, and your event section is based on how much functionality and how many events you have. So it could be a Google Calendar, it could be more like a shopping cart. It's all based on the types of events that you're having for your nonprofit. We have three different types of events that we categorize, the longstanding annual events, recurring events, and one-off events. We talked about what to share on your main events page, everything, all events go on the main events page. And remember, we're going to set this website up so that way you only have to input your event information in one spot. And then you check boxes to make it show up in other places. This is a must have. We do not want to have to go and update things all over the place. It gets confusing and you will miss things unless you're like just ridiculously amazing. And in which case, if you're looking for a job, I would like you to please call me.
1: <laughs> now, Monica, you can't steal people from these lovely nonprofits. I There are some times, though,
0: that we work with people that are so good that we're like, Oh man, how could we get them to come work for us? And then we were like, no, 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 that would not be ethical. Like we cannot, we cannot like snap them. But anyway, like we love you guys who are really good at this. You're amazing. Like so much respect to you. Okay. So from your main events page, remember that you have your individual events pages and these are like your sales pages. So you're going to put everything on them that you need to allow people to sign up and to sell this experience to people. Your long-standing annual events, those will each have their own page. And remember, I call them pages because they are not posts. They are part of your website in a different way. I know it's a little confusing. I wish that I could show you this chart that I made like a million years ago that explains the difference between pages and posts in a website. Just know that they're less modular and they are there forever. Remember, If nothing else, the reason that we set it up this way is because those pages, when you use them year after year, are gonna be the things that show up on Google when people search for your event name. And if you set it up this way, you will not have crying little girls in cute little holiday dresses standing outside your theater waiting to get in for a show that doesn't start for two days, okay? Yeah, have that mental picture in your head when you decide how you're gonna set these up. Put them in as pages and make sure they do not change. And then the rest of your events, remember they need to expire off of your website and there's all kinds of plugins that you can use to do this, but it will save you so much challenge like administratively that it's absolutely worth like tinkering with it and getting to work. Okay, and then obviously we have the opportunity for our recurring events. And if you do have those, you would want to set up a page that collects all those event posts, event listings, whatever you want to call them, together as a group. So that's the Lunch and Learn series that we've been giving examples about. They would collect all the Lunch and Learn posts and put them together on, the, on this page. And oh, And then event signups. Yeah, so remember, you know, you can do it in a form, you can do it with a plugin, you can do it on another site. Really, you just need to use a system that's going to work best for you based on how much information you need whenever somebody signs up and what types of like functionality you need out of the sign up form. And, and then last but not least, like what are you going to do with the information after they have signed up? <sighs> All right, so friends... I I really did actually enjoy talking about events with you. I, I would enjoy it even more if the events were, like, happening in real life. But they're going to start again. I know they are. I really
1: do think they are. They're going to come.
0: I, I have outdoor concert tickets to see the Abet Brothers this summer, and they said they're coming. I mean, I bought the tickets for last summer, but they said they're coming this summer, and I'm going to see them outside. And I'm just going to keep saying I'm going to see him because nobody can stop me except for the Avet brothers (laughs) who could cancel the show. And that would be so sad. Okay. Thank you so very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And if you have any questions or if you want us to check out your event section, you can go to the Nonprofit Marketing with Purpose Facebook group and just make a post out there and be like, hey, Monica, check out my events section and like leave me your URL and I will give you an honest to goodness review for free because, hey, we all learn by looking at other people's stuff, especially if your event section is amazing right? I mean, if you have questions about it, please send me the link. But if your event section is just a rock star, I'd love to look at it because then people can see something really good and that will help them learn so much. You can become their idol. You could. Oh, that sounds so nice. Okay. Well, you can become my idol too. You could leave me a review. Um, wherever you're listening, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Spotify or on Amazon Music or even out at iTunes, just leave a review if you learned something today because that's going to help me reach more nonprofits just like you because there's other people out there who need the same information that we just covered today about the event section on their website. And they're not going to find it if I don't have awesome people like you that let them know that we have answers. So go leave me a, re- a review. That would be just phenomenal. Now, if you love learning about the do's and don'ts of your event section, Don't forget that we have all of the other website planning series podcasts that you can also listen to. And our next installment of the website planning series is going to be part five, and we're going to talk about how to format your services pages. Yes, because there is a very specific way that we think about these pages, and we want to share with you what we ask our clients to help them plan their services pages to make them most effective and share with you our thought process. So that way your services pages are going to be rock stars. So you can join me back next month with that website planning series, part five, how to format your services pages. Okay. So I'll see you back here then same time, same place. And until next time, go forth and market with purpose.